What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, we are going 28 days later with 2002's 28 Days Later. It's time to get radical. Ensure all residences are secure with all doors and windows firmly locked and barricaded. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Not people. Brains. They're us. We're them. They're us. Oh my god. You are dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. The pain of being dead. Were you bitten? No. Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? They have overrun us, you know. We're in the minority now. Something like 400,000 to 1 by my calculation. The father, my father, always say, when the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk with you. There's another one for the fire. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am joined by co-host Rob, the movie geek, to talk 28 Days Later, a possible zombie film, and I do have details. We'll get into that later, but hello, Rob. Hello, Ryan. So this is our first episode together since we finished Brunch with the Hollowells. I feel like we just have to mention that it's been such a big part of our friendship, how we met, how this whole radical situation came about. So eight seasons, every episode of Charmed has been done. Yeah, very crazy. Four years. The The show wrapped up in July. By the time you guys are hearing this, we would have done all of the supplemental episodes after the recap. Sometimes we do bonus episodes for Patreon folks. But yeah, I think before July ended, we wrapped it all up. So yeah, another you know notch on the wall. Took care of one show. Now I got to move on to another. I mean, that's a feat. Eight seasons, four years 
dedication. You saw it through. That will be available. Brunch with the Hollowells, a complete podcast that covers the original Charmed. I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's one of the best Charmed podcasts, if not the definitive Charmed podcast. Thank you. Thank you. No, it was a lot of fun to do, and I'm glad that I saw it to the end, so... Wake up today in hospital. Wake up and I'm, I'm hallucinating. I've got some bad news. They're infected. Infected. Father. Infected with lust. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. The blood. There's something in the blood. You never go anywhere alone unless you've got no choice. Hello? Lesson two, you only travel during daylight unless you've got no choice. This really is a bad idea. You know why? It's obviously a bad idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. They always do. dead and you're gonna be next (gasps) all right now back to the summer of the dead this is 28 days later as mentioned 2002 british post-apocalyptic horror film directed by danny boyle and written by alex garland it stars killian murphy as a bicycle carrier who awakens from a coma to discover an accidental release of a highly contagious aggressive inducing virus that caused the breakdown of society. Now, see, I, I've always said Killian Murphy. It's Cillian Murphy? Or maybe I've said Cillian Murphy. Did you say, what did you say? You said Killian, right? I usually say Chillian Murphy. And then I watched a few videos and I heard Danny Boyle say Killian Murphy. So I'm like, I've wow. Said, his- I've said Cillian Murphy. That's where I, that's what I've said. So it's Killian Murphy. Okay better than my Chilean Murphy for years. <laughs> Freaking no, that, that's, Murphy. that's cool. I just wanted to clarify that I've been pronouncing it wrong. How how bad of me. Uh, from, from my perspective growing up with this movie, right, this was the first movie to do something completely new that I hadn't seen before when it comes to sort of the zombie, uh, you know, storyline. Um, from all the zombie movies that I've seen up until that point, I'm being introduced to a zombie-like behavior without them being actually dead, just infected. And I think that a movie like this has changed the game forever going forward, right? This, this for me, that was this movie. Uh, you know, they're running fast. There's the moral question of actually killing them, which I'm sure they've discussed in other zombie movies too, but putting to that into effect even more and just the quicker spread of it all, how easy it is to get. It's just blood. That's it. And so, yeah, 
this movie definitely was a milestone for me. Rob's right. This is going back to 2002. The zombie genre was stagnant, was dead, basically dead for the most part. This is one of those movies that really did kick off this new generation of a post-apocalyptic movies. Dawn of the Dead remake, Shaun of the Dead, which we will be covering. All these movies came from that. So I did want to get to the bottom of this, Rob, because there has been this debate of, well, they're not zombies, which is true. They are infected with rage. But I wanted to go to see what Danny Boyle thought as well as the screenwriter. So they describe it as accomplishes basically the feat of being a classic zombie movie that actually isn't one. So Alex Garland, who wrote the script, Rob, says, I am aware for years and years there's been a debate about this over whether or not it is a zombie movie. His verdict, it is a zombie movie. Whatever technically discrepancies may or may not exist, they're pretty much zombies. But Danny Boyle, on the other hand, says they are not. So do you go with the director or the screenwriter? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that you always have to go with the writer. He's the one that created it all, right? I mean, the director puts those words into, you know, a visual. That's right. and, And you get to see what the writer's idea in mind around all of this. Now, unless the director rewrote something and put in there that changes the narrative of what Alex Garland was saying. He's right. And they are zombies. This is his movie, right? So with that being said, I guess what he's saying is that they've died, been reanimated, and they are infected. So your liveless body is is moving around wanting to just kill people out of rage. It's not to eat brains or anything else. It's literally just to kill. Is that what he's saying? The movie to me didn't de- the movie to me did not describe that. So I'm not saying no. Alex is wrong. I'm just not seeing the traditional sense of what a zombie is in the definition. So I I don't know, but I will believe him. It's a zombie movie now. Unless he's trying to say it gives you those feels, which is what always it gave me. Like it gives me those zombie movie feels. So maybe at least he's trying to say that there's elements of, definitely that was the inspiration I'm assuming, you know, the zombie movies that came before this. But you're right. We'll even get into it. There's an alternative ending that Rob and I both watched. So that actually does go against this whole thing as well because yes it does it does i want to highlight uh alex garland for a minute so are you familiar with this man his work or anything has this name popped up just from this over the years so so he he's 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 been known to write some really dark stuff but a lot of stuff that is a heavy reflection on the earth and you know society and and just how savage it can get when put pushed to a corner so he did i'm gonna pronounce this wrong i always do he wrote the film ex machina okay i'm glad you had to say it (laughs) with oscar isaacs he did annihilation with natalie portman gina rodriguez uh that movie was but he did that and that movie was dark as hell he that just was. did this this psychological thriller um, that just came out recently called Men. It is heavy. It's about gaslighting women. And uh, this woman goes through this heavy ordeal um, while she's staying at some, I think, Scottish place. Uh, anyways, but yeah, that movie was heavy. And this isn't the first time that Boyle and Garland have worked together. They did The Beach, technically. Oh! So, so Garland wrote the The Beach novel. But he had nothing to do with the screenplay. So technically they worked together. (laughs) And then uh, he did Sunshine. So Sunshine is... Sunshine, um, yes! Michelle Yeoh, I believe, and Chris Evans. What's-her-face 
uh, Carrie Ann from oh, uh, yeah, Matrix. What I took from from these films, you know, he makes you really look deep, deeply in, within yourself and remind you the world is definitely a lot bigger than you, you know, and there's more to, you know, all of this stuff than just happiness. Like there's there's a whole world out there that really needs to, you know, be, be recognized. And you think you're on top, but you're not like there's just so much going on that, you know, we're, we're just one tiny part of everything. Uh, the worst things that can happen, we have to get out of our own way to overcome adversity and or it will literally eat you alive. That's that's the thing. You know, we can talk about like climate change or or you know just anything that kind of happens. Technology, like he's covered it all. Like we have to think beyond ourselves. That's what I've gotten from his movies. <laughs> but uh, another thing is Boyle. What do you think of Danny Boyle? Are you familiar with him? Definitely train spotting. Like you mentioned, the beach. He definitely has a unique style. Very. I feel like. I don't even want to call it underground. Uh, low budget? Or is that just because he's coming from this, you know, English-British filmmaker's perspective, maybe a little more removed from Hollywood? But yes, I gotta say, I think seems like the combo of these two is uh, definitely something because, my God. I think of Boyle and I think, like, grunge. Like, yeah. he's... He he just likes things very realistic, a little messy. And I don't mean in the gross sense, but just like not as clean or polished, which I still think is great. But he did this really cute movie sort of out of range from what I remember him doing called Millions. And it was a coming oh. of age story. If you remember, this little boy found um, a bag full of like money and he was just sort of navigating what to do with it. And it was like more of a lighthearted children's film but still that more does accurate. sound familiar oh yeah, yeah. The, the cover art is just like this background of this like city or street or something and the boy is just like front and center just kind of looking i don't know if you remember but yeah it was a cute I, movie all coming back to me yes holy <laughs> crap so what did you think about 28 days later watching it again i guess it was one of my obsessions as a teen because i think i've seen this too many times to count and 2022 i am still a fan rob it still gives me there's points of course that i would like to maybe it was differently but i think the acting still stands up i i feel these characters their fear panic even their joy in the scenes i can't say enough i think it's still a powerful powerful film for me what about you rob yeah, I, I found 20 Days Later to still be very compelling, and I cared about the characters. What did I write down? I said, great movie, very eerie, hypnotic music, love the music. Or the film. score. Yes, the score Fantastic. is great. Wonderfully acted, and the birth of two actors for me that I would go on to pay attention to and keep an eye out for every single time I see them. And that's Killian Murphy and <laughs> yeah. um, Naomi Harris, Harris, who I just saw in two films this year, uh, Venom and Bond. And I am in awe of her. I love her. So, yeah. I have to say, I thought after 28 Days Later, she was going to explode. I thought back in 2002 when I first saw this, like seeing her, and I was like, this woman is gonna be something. And I'm surprised it's, she's kind of been underground for the most part. Like she's famous, she's well known, because her acting range is fantastic in, as Selena in this movie. I just, I think she's enthralling. Well, if you remember, she did Moonlight, and yes. I want to say she won the Oscar for that. Yeah, so she's definitely been in stuff. That was 2016. And then, of 
course, she was part of Daniel Craig's Bond the whole time. Uh, she did a couple of smaller stuff, like she was in Rampage and um, Mowgli. She did a sort of like a, you know, dirty cop sort of movie called Black and Blue. She was in Southpaw with my Jakey. So, you know, I never ended up seeing that movie. But so she's in that movie. Okay. But the, the biggest, mo- not the biggest movie, but the most memorable movie for me that I saw her in after 28 Days Later was Ninja Assassin. So she accompanies rain in his mission i think she plays a cop in the movie and that's where i remember because she had a really bigger part in that one um than the other ones but no she's around she's just not in stuff that is as popular i guess but we still see her everywhere but yeah her moonlight you know um part was just phenomenal i think honestly half the battle with this movie I mean, yes, the story is compelling, but the the characters and that dynamic between them. So Killian Murphy's character, Jim, and Naomi Harris's character, Selena, they end up together after Jim wakes up in the hospital 28 days later after this whole thing has happened, but also being hit because he's a bike carrier. I just have to say, not that I'm complaining... But I always wondered, why is this man naked in the hospital? Is it to show that it was a chaos? But wouldn't he still have some kind of thing on top of him? Like, they just left him naked. (laughs) I don't know if they were in the middle of giving him a bath or a rub, you know, a sponge down or something. Maybe they had to clean him before surgery. I have no idea what could have happened. Let me just say, though, that you already knew that Killian was going to be the GOAT. When his literal first shot into Hollywood stardom would be a full body shot of him naked showing everything. Let's spell it out. G-O-A-T. Like, I cannot believe. He pulled to Shannon Elizabeth and chose his first movie to show it all. And I love it. In the very literal second of the movie. Literal second. And when I say he pulled a Shannon Elizabeth, it was because (laughs) the very first movie I saw her in, American Pie, she gets naked. So good for them. Good for them. That's how it starts off. I remember seeing it in the theaters with my father and going, wow, who is this man? So I found out that it was a conscious decision, Rob, to not show any dead bodies in the hospital and or the streets until Jim's character gets into that church where they say that they kind of made a makeshift morgue there. They thought maybe people would actually do that in real life. I think it's a great choice to actually not show anything. But to you, does it take you out? Is it not as realistic that there's no cars or there's no dead bodies out in these London streets? No, not at all. I mean, yes, we probably would have expected more turmoil and chaos yeah. and, and whatnot, but I I don't know if people were cleaning up the streets or, you know, the British are just more organized than we are, you know? Like, they run in a single file, you know, they don't trample over anyone, and they get to where they need to go when they're running from <laughs> raging human beings who are infected. What I thought was also really smart that I don't know that the average man would think about is that one of the doctors or nurses left a key under the door for him to get out and at any point if he woke up. Wonderful. And I thought I thought that was great. You know, locked the door, made sure that he would be safe, and then when it was time for him to wake up, a key was left for him to leave. And I I think that's I think that's great. I love that. Did, by the way, I just have to mention, did they steal this on The Walking Dead? 
<laughs> oh, probably. Waking up in a hospital after the zombies have come over and taken over the world. I think that was a definite homage, for sure. Yeah, I think so. As, as people got infected by the rage virus overran London, hospital staff emptied out the hospital. That's what I read. So, yeah, it, it made sense. They probably did it in an orderly fashion and everything was just sort of left there. And it didn't make it inside. Yes. So, yeah. yes. This movie, Rob, was shot almost completely in sequence, which truly is unheard of, I feel like, in most productions. But, may, my God, it must have definitely helped these actors along to be able to do this whole movie from beginning to end, pretty much. When I was a kid, I always thought they filmed movies in order. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would do it otherwise. And then as I got older, I understood the reason for doing certain scenes at certain times. But I was like, don't you always do it in order? What is the big deal? I don't get it. Like, how do like you... Like a play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you're seeing a Broadway show. You would think, yeah, they do it in order, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you actors being able to pull emotion from going from a happy scene to a death scene to this and that. I just think the manner in which he found out about what happened to the world let alone london is intense right like all of those bodies in that church with just with the i call them ragers <laughs> with just ragers just chilling waiting for sound i mean I, I don't know if they're starving or whatever but they're just waiting there just to hear the sliver of sound that turn when they actually he says hello and then you see them spin a few of them yeah <gasps> And I'm like, nope. And that's the other thing, too. I, I do love the setup. You know, all the streets are clean. You have no idea what to expect. What did these Raiders do during these 28 days? You don't know the impact that they have on the city. Everything's clean. There's a whole bunch of missing posters. And then you go in here and it is just super creepy. Like the mouths were open, right? Like this. But just to find like you have no idea what's going on. And just to find out like that, like usually you would approach them yep. and figure out what's going on. And you just have no idea like that. I, I know that in the theater when them fools turned around, I was dead silent in my seat. Like I didn't know what I, I was like, what is going to happen? What is up with them? Terrifying. And by the way, Rob, those extras, because it was a low budget film, were paid a cup of tea to be in the film <laughs> i would actually do that i mean they're immortalized in this movie i mean they Amen. don't look their best but i would totally do that i would totally do that it's like i was one of the rages in 28 days later <laughs> from that scene i have to say tension moments the church scene jim running from the church being chased by the i'm gonna go with rob the ragers that are put on fire by selena and her then companion mark and them still running after jim on fire holy shit suspense yeah and i don't know if it's the rage induced inside them that keeps them from dying or you know reacting to the fire but that could also explain the idea of them being zombies because they don't feel anything i don't know really quick so selena comes upon jim with this gentleman mark who unfortunately gets killed off pretty much right off the way i've got some bad news it started as writing, and right from the beginning you knew this was different. Because it was happening in small villages, market towns. And then it wasn't on the TV anymore. It was in the street outside, it was coming through your windows. It was a virus, infection. You didn't need a doctor to tell you that. It was the blood something in the blood 
By the time they tried to evacuate the cities, it was already too late. The infection was everywhere. The army blockades were overrun. And that's when the exodus started. The day before the TV and radio stopped broadcasting, there were reports of infection in Paris and New York. We didn't hear anything more after that. I think that sets the tone that no one is safe and that we could possibly lose any of these characters along the way. Uh, did we need to lose Selena or Jim to make it even more realistic or, or um, suspenseful? No. But at the same time, that was something that I did not expect at all to happen. So When they get to Jim's house, because there is this another heartbreaking scene where he goes to see if his family's alive. They tell him they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. He sees his parents actually killed themselves. But when they do break in, Rob, this always gets me. One infected comes from the roof? They, I mean, they are everywhere. They come from the roof, the windows. But Selena, I mean, I love this part of her. But she's ready to, you know, get it done. But we know that's in a blood infection. How could anyone tell in that whole scene where the blood ended up? She's like, you know, did anything get in your eyes, your mouth? Um, I think you you sprayed the whole entire kitchen, Selena. I, <laughs> I was watching for that as well. And I'm surprised that Jim wasn't called out for like having any of that blood Dead. inside of him after all of this but mark was clearly bitten let let me just say i know that jim is new to all of this and he's still trying to get used to this new normal but like him walking around with candles and playing home videos and all this like are you kidding me with this what is happening why is he being so loud and i don't know how far away they saw that candle in the window and it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. But they didn't waste any time. That camera went charging. And I love the choice of no audio until the breaking of the glass and just all of that chaos coming in right away. And, you know, I don't want to blame him for Mark, but they were y'all were fine until this stuff you know and i understand that he has to mourn he's been given less than 24 hours to really deal with all of this but man to i i would feel horrible the the whole rest of the way you know <laughs> that he was the cause of this but say la vie because it seemed like Mark almost was really, you know, he was familiar with Selena too. So we assume that they must have been together for a little while. And he seemed like he would have been a likable character for the most part. So it, I, I agree. It's like a profound moment that, yeah, bam. This movie bye. would have definitely been something different had he continued on with them. But this this event also solidified Selena's character. Like, she's very hardcore. She's checked out. She doesn't care about anything and anyone but herself. The woman just wants to live and accept the fact that this is our world right now. She's lost most hope, and she will kill you in a heartbeat. That's the line, Rob. When she says, and it happens to you, I'll kill you in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, that line was very important, of course, but, I mean, this, this really just sort of painted a picture of the woman that you are meeting right now that it doesn't matter how long you've kicked it with her she will take you out because she's not dying for anyone Mr. Bridges Were you bitten? This is Darren They live four doors down Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? Mark, 
get that cleaned off. Do you have any clothes here? Um, I, yes. Then get them and get dressed. We have to leave now. More infected will be coming. They always do. That stuff was really important, and so it made her character, you know, strong and hardcore to, like, work through. And no, uh, nobody else, I don't think, could have done it other than Killian Murphy to break her down. <laughs> That's, again, this character's evolution just from the beginning to, of this movie to where we end up. That's why I think the acting is fantastic, because it actually comes off really realistic for Selena, I think. Meeting these people. So, we do meet up with our next set of characters, which is Hannah and her father, Frank. And this scene is another scene, Rob. They see in the distance an apartment building and Christmas lights. And then they're going up these stairs. I actually can get chills thinking of it. This is, I think, the most terrifying scene in this movie. They stop for a minute. They're having this little moment. You find out Selena's a chemist because she's got a backpack full of drugs. And she's ready for everything. She's got different sodas. She's going to pump him up with painkillers and some sugar. Holy shit, you hear the infected coming. And she just grunts, right? And you hear him screaming, Don't leave me, Selena! Don't leave me! Quiet. Infected. Oh no, they're in. Move. Selena! Wait for me, please! running up these stairs and then we get to the foot of the steps with this guy with a shield and this like riot gear i mean it's like one bum bum to the next it just keeps you going i think like you're elevated you never know when it's safe in this movie and good for the daughter hannah right you know she's like let me in open the fucking door and it's just like i don't know you well, that's true. That's and, true. you know, I, I don't know if her and her dad worked out a system to where no one could ever get past him. So if somebody did, they clearly would be okay to let in because the dad approved them. But she was just like, where is my dad? Did you kill him? Yes. I'm not letting you in. Go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care. And I love that she kept him out. Yes, it developed more suspense. But I was like, I wouldn't have let him in either. Especially no, at them raging right. at the door, Tom, I'll let me in. You're right. You didn't know. We saw enough of The Walking Dead in these movies to know that it could have been a raider. It's a nightmare, but. Well, damn. it's also this heavy illusion, right? That he's got on, Frank, he's got on all this gear and he comes off as very hardcore, like he is about to like rob you or something. And then, you know, he takes off the mask. He's like, hello, how are you? Are you guys good? You know, he's just the sweetest man. I think he's so sweet. With the Christmas music playing in the background, yeah. too. It's just, <laughs> I, I do love that contrast of them, like this sweet man with his daughter but it, but it, but you're right it is a, a an intense scene to, to be chased up the stairs and stuff and not know what's gonna happen so yeah it was a good one they overhear the two of them talking that selena and jim would do better off without you know a, a little girl and her older father but i love these this unlikely bond that the four end up making and i think this is the beginning of when selena starts to soften slightly yes i would agree with that yeah 
what do you think about now leading? They get to a car. They found out that there's a there's this call from is it Manchester somewhere that there there's the answer to infection at this this area, and they have to travel. Holy shit! This scene, the underground tunnel scene. Yeah, this is another intense. Holy. Yeah, this was my um, most suspenseful scene of the movie, the tunnel scene, and I think it had to do a lot with the dark atmosphere, but also the the heavy close ups of the infected with their red eyes and just the way that they are charging at this car, but also waiting on hannah to change a tire was was very heavy and so yeah i didn't know what to expect either it's funny that this little car though was able to just trample all over these cars and just run it like a second road that's what i was gonna ask you is that real i wonder if that's possible and how did one tire only get freaking <laughs> yeah he literally ran through this whole entire thing. But it was also nice to have like this moment of happiness too. Like the music and the tone changes as they're driving through this tunnel. Because they didn't know they would be able to drive through. But there's this sort of like we're in a roller coaster. Or, yeah like oh look at us go. You know there there was a little bit of just a very chill. We take a break. Even the audience we just get a little fun. We even see Selena you know laughing and smiling and stuff. So you know when the tire flattens you know okay back to reality we got to get back to these infected trying to you know grab you world's worst place to get a flat huh agreed i think we better do this quick but yeah yeah i thought that was a a great scene as well some of these moments i think uh, are are needed to keep you sane right like you can't be on intense mode the entire time you have to be able to kind of relax and be able to just you know, just have a little fun sometimes. So yeah, I the tunnel scene was pretty good. Speaking of fun, I actually was going to bring up the supermarket scene. Oh, I love the supermarkets. It's so cute. Let's shop. I'm surprised that store hasn't been raided, though. Okay, you got exactly I mean, what I was going to say. squeaky clean. Like, again, the British, they just respect the rules no matter what. They're not going to break glass and, and riot and, and you know... um What's what's the word? Not loot. Yeah, loot. like loot. Yeah, and they're riot. not gonna loot. That, that store was completely fine. <laughs> they shut the registers down. They did the count for the night. <laughs> put it they in the did bank. The count. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just like, okay, we gotta go now. The infected are coming. <laughs> so, which I never noticed prior to this viewing, they had mentioned early on that there's no electricity, right? But this supermarket, so either has a generator or something, because it's not only fully stocked, like Rob said, completely lit up. And I feel like what we just went through with COVID, these supermarkets would have been, the toilet paper would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's that song that plays during this scene too. I just think it is so upbeat. Very Dawn of the Dead for me. It is very Dawn of the Dead. Yes, I agree. And this leads me to, I sent this to Rob yesterday because I'm watching the, my DVD on my Blu-ray player on my TV. Holy crap. So I found out the movie, Rob, was filmed in... Do you remember DV? It was like little cameras at the time. It's like they used to record on... It was digital, but it would record on a small like circular disc it almost looked like a dvd but it was it was called dv it was prior to like basically i guess phone and and like things like that so it's a digital movie but it looks terrible i don't know if the blu-ray i mean i looked up reviews too and and i was telling rob the blu-ray evidently does not look good either i know danny boyle and he did say he was going for this realistic kind of like documentary feel so it definitely gives you that but then we pass a field of flowers in the movie, which always kind of looked a little off, 
But my God, you could totally tell now it's a matte painting or something that's just thrown in there. And it looks, it takes me out for a minute. It just looks terrible. But I wish that I could see this technical feature as you did. I watched it streaming on HBO Max. I don't know. I I may have noticed what you've seen, but maybe didn't take it as, oh, this is poor quality. I just saw it as again a very grunge looking sort of like tone he was trying to give on setting you know what the world feels or looks like so it didn't bother me i know there was a lot of shaky cameras going on yeah. um bunch of close-ups and it looks like it was like filmed on you know like a, a digital wine of like yeah, 45 minutes. Really- you know i i i didn't mind it but i thought that was intentional i guess you put it that way so i mean it, it seems like danny boyle did say it, it's intentional but i don't think they thought like my god how many years later that you know we would have these technologies to maybe like boost up the signals because it looks it looks a little different i'll just say (laughs) (laughs) so this is when we kind of get to the second half of the movie rob and i don't know how you feel about it but once frank passes and we get to the military base this is one of my favorite movies i have to tell you guys of all time but it goes down for me. I hate to say it. It's that cliche of the military are going to take you and do whatever they want. You know, like Day of the Dead. I've, you know, this has been done before. What are your feelings about the end of them? Are you okay with it? I mean, it is, again, it's realistic. They need women. We find things out like that. I, sp- particularly with zombie movies, they do this sometimes in horror movies. If there's any kind of sort of like adversary that we are seeing, Right. This would be the time for, you know, humans to band together or at least in the span of this movie in two hours in the story that is being told in this limited time. Do we always have to showcase that humans are still the scum of the earth, regardless of its actual villain in the movie, which is zombies or monsters or whatever is going on? Humans will still show their face and remind us that we are just the worst out of everything and i don't like that i don't like it i don't need for us to be the savior the hero or the best thing that's ever happened but do we have to always prove that we are always the worst and yes it does take me out of it because i came here to watch how these people are being influenced or not influenced but just reacting to the infected i wanted more chase scenes i'm i'm a big slasher person when it comes to horror so yeah i want this big chase and continued suspense and terror dealing with the infected but now the movie has turned into this okay here's a documentary this is what happens when humans are pushed to a corner we're gonna be the worst people in the world out of everyone in the world let's focus on a bunch of bros who you know have banded together who claim who are not gay and have never done a circle jerk before but have formed this heavy bond to where they've come to the decision that it's our job to repopulate the earth that's all that i'm thinking about i thought the guy the poor guy the chef guy i thought they were gonna force him to do things (laughs) Well, he would be the easiest to subdue if they really got desperate for some type of loving. But it's it's just like this is the example that we want to focus on outside of the group. This is we haven't encountered that many people. And this is I just it does change the movie entirely. It's not a direction I would have gone. Yes, these people are possible, but it's one in 
so many. You know, The Walking Dead went through a lot of different types of people. And that was a great exploration of how it can affect people differently. But I just don't like the fact that this was it, you know. But I think if we really wanted to bring the horror, this was a great direction. You know, it definitely terrified me that these two women had to deal with all of these men. That scene with Selena trying to give Hannah the drugs so yeah. she doesn't. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, she understands what's really about to go down, right? So, I mean, but before we get more into that, I did want to talk to you about the gas station and the child. Yes. Before we yes. lose Frank. So, first of all, I love the scene. You know, he goes in to explore. I don't know why you're deciding to go off anywhere by yourself at this point. She is burgers. She is burgers. Whatever. <laughs> um, so... I love that the kid, there's no audio as he approaches. Again, great choice. I love that. But he takes his kid out. Now, why do you think he chose not to say anything until the very end when this army guy asks him, have you killed since this has happened? And he says, I killed a child. What is your take on just that whole process? Him not saying anything, the impact it had. Did you what what did you think about that? Because this is heavier than the Dawn of the Dead children. Yeah. They yeah, took them out without right. question. It didn't even matter. But this had more of a sentimental impact or emotional impact. So what was your thought? I, I agree. I think that it was to put into there to show that Jim is still so it's so against who he really is as a person to have to do this. And I think him not mentioning it maybe was just a way of either forgetting it, not even having to bring it up. But I think it really just the fact that it came up later, like you said, when the, when the captain asked him, I think it just shows that it really broke him in a way. So I read something. Oh, that around that scene as to why he didn't say anything and there's been a a couple of theories suggesting that this kid was actually not infected or he wasn't dead and infected or whatever the case may be between garland and boyle but he was not one of them he was a feral kid who was just full of you know, anger or whatever, and just sort of attack based on his environment, there is a theory that he was not one of them. So one of the explanations says that, you know, with the infected, you hear them growl and yell, react in anger, you know, when they get close to people. But you hear this child say actual words. Doesn't he say, I hate you? I I hate you, yes. So you'd have to turn on the captions, but you'll miss it. He does say it very clearly, but this kid speaks. And he is the only one that has said actual words, let alone a sentence. So it is suggested that this kid actually wasn't an infected and that Jim killed a human. And so we do learn later on, though that the the infected are smarter than mindless, you know, infected rage monsters, right? Like they can open doors and stuff like that. So they're not brainless. They do a lot of human things. But at the same time, they don't talk. He is the only example. So what do you think? Do you think that this kid was an infected? A lot of other people in rebuttal will say, well, he had the red eyes. And so it could go either way, but he probably thought that if there is going to be a cure, that he still took out this kid without a chance. Right, because they still at this point believe there is a cure for this. So, wow, I never, 
I never even thought of it like that. I, yeah, I always assumed he was infected, but I never got the hate part. You know, I did hear him say that even from the first viewing. So now I got all different feelings about this scene. Almost like Jim did it instinctively, killed this kid. not, And then he realized maybe afterwards it was a live kid kind of thing. Could be. I mean, since uh, a line like that happened, I think, right before he blunged him. So... I, you know, maybe at at the very literal last second, like he just, oh, it's a child, you know, I don't know. Feral children are plenty in these apocalypse too. But, and I have another thing. Did you notice in that board in the beginning with, which was eerie because it was filmed before 9-11, but there's that board with all the missing people and people trying to find people. And I remember them having that in New York, unfortunately, after the attacks, it zooms in to a kid. I always assumed that was the same kid that we see later. I didn't pay attention to that, so it could be. Not sure. But yeah, what a coincidence, right? And the other thing is that we get to the compound and and they reach their destination. Frank is just so pissed because he just feels there's nobody there. Had they just waited just a few more minutes, they would have discovered that people are there. But here's the thing. So Frank obviously goes a little off the deep end. He's angry. The whole point of this entire mission is to make sure that Hannah has a place to go to in case something happens to him. He wants his daughter to be safe. And so he is just outraged that there's nobody here. You know, we actually had a goal and there's nothing to look forward to. And I kind of wanted to tie this scene into the beginning for the whole reason that this is happening in London is because scientists wanted to create a rage inhibitor, something to take out uh, take out the anger and rage out of people to make sure that they don't violently react to a lot of things, right? And so, yes, while this infection was man-made, this is sort of a small example as to why the inhibitor was created or, or wanted to be created in the first place, because do you see how he reacts, right? Uncharacteristically, too. Yeah, you know, he's all angry, you know, he's he's letting off steam, and we all do that, right? But for no reason, for no reason, he decides to fuck with a crow. And I just <sighs> don't see the reason why he... So the crow is just doing his thing, and he has to go, and, you know, he kicks it. Yeah, like, it's bothering him like so much. You know, but, like, he's just, he's just in his own feelings, and that's what you... He just projects that onto other things, and that's the whole point. It's like, they wanted to make this inhibitor to to take away all of that because you have to put that anger somewhere and it's always towards something else and what did it do because of this slight mistake in in, in anger you killed yourself get out of it get out of it Yeah, I'm fine, sweetheart. Sorry I lost my temper. Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad? Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away from me! 
right mean, under and right, right under the, the just, exactly. What are the odds? Really? What are the odds? That is so messed up. And you know, he knew exactly what to do after that. And good for him. Good for him. But man, all of this because he couldn't just wait a few seconds. But they were they were there all along, and it, and it wasn't abandoned. And it just to watch him die getting shot like that i i just i found that to be very very devastating especially because hannah had to see it but here's the other thing though jim was given the opportunity to really be like like can you survive in this world if we have to take out one of our own can you do it right, right. and he couldn't right. do it but i also feel that if he had lived this i think that Frank would yes. have died anyway. That is exactly, yes. These army men would have killed him because of the overall mission to use these women, including Hannah, to repopulate. Frank would not have survived this at all. That's my theory. Amen. His fate was already set. I feel the same exact way, Rob. He would have ended up dead. And it's almost better that he didn't know that this, you know, like not knowing, having the feeling that his selena and his daughter were gonna have this happen to them so yeah it's 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 so true so yeah as you were saying earlier though i i did lose a lot of steam after the army thing like i it, it definitely set a, a message of how you know savage the world can get and i totally get it but it did i i did check out a little bit it's just not something that is entertaining for me to see. No, they and they do this continuously, Rob, with horror movies. They always pick these slow endings where you start one way, and then they, I, I hate to say it, they make this mistake of putting you in a thing like this, and then adding... Almost like you were saying, Rob, earlier, we went with we were with basically four characters the entire movie, and then right at the end, you throw ten more people at us and expect us to be like, oh yeah, accept these, accept this. This is what yeah. we get now. And I'm not saying that it was intentional, but one out of the only three black people that you have in this movie, you put one of them in a chain. Like really. I understand he was part of your crew, but he's the one that ends up in a chain around his neck. Like, that's that's a choice. That is a choice. And I don't know why it really needed to be that way. And lastly, meet Mela. Mela? Jim. Jim. Mela. Got infected two days ago. Mitchell managed to knock him out cold and we got a chain round his neck. Keeping him alive. The idea was to learn something about infection. Have him teach me. And has he? In a way. He's telling me he'll never bake bread, plant crops, raise livestock. He's telling me he's futureless. And eventually he'll tell me how long the infected take to starve to death.
the only thing is because he got his comeuppance, right? That's what I'm thinking. Because but in the sense still... of Romero, they usually have he always has like a you know a person of color as their lead. They're doing this Romero thing that the zombies are really the heroes. I think that's that's the only thing that would give it a, it a reason. But I don't even think that's what it was. Uh, like I said, I don't know if it was intentional, but I mean, what a coincidence to just have this man with a chain around his neck. It's just not. It wasn't a nice look to me. So. <laughs> Now, this is where I just want to bring up quickly. I sent Rob the alternative endings, and I wanted to get his feelings about this. So there is one alternative ending where the movie basically ends the same exact way it was going to. But while the three are escaping, they... Which is funny, Rob, by the way. Do you know the scene where they fly with the car and it goes to blank and they're going to the... I love that shot. (laughs) That was actually the last shot of the movie originally because they ran out of money (laughs) and that's how the movie was going to end so then danny boyle went to fox showed them the rest of the movie and that's when they gave them the money to actually continue it with what we got where they they're saved at the end a happy ending which i'm glad we got so though what do you think about these two endings one where it ends like that, it picks up in the hospital where Selena and Hannah are trying to save Jim, and Jim dies back at the hospital where he like a like a hospital where he started from basically, and then not the same one, but in general, and then they end up again with the the plane saying hello. So that's that ending. I, I like between that one and the one we got. I think I prefer the happy ending with Jim's alive. Well, I mean, we weren't visually given um, a scene that showed how they were able to heal right. this gun wound, right? So right. you have to kind of take yourself out of it and be like, okay, they got lucky. He ended up alive, right? So because we didn't get that scene, it's just like, eh, you just went for the happy ending. Fine. Realistically, given the characters, I don't think Selena knew anything about Tent, you know, tenting to a, a gun wound. So it made sense that getting to the hospital and the time wasted on getting there, it made sense that he passed away and that it was just the girls. I mean, he had a lot of sort of waking up to do, not to say that he needed to prove himself to like die for somebody else or whatever, but he clearly cared about these women and wanted to make sure that they were okay by any means necessary, which I do want to kind of just segue just a second before we get back to these endings is his whole trial of him really stepping up because a lot of the movie, he was scared shitless, right? Just constantly (laughs) like, I can't run and don't leave me and oh my God and blah, blah, blah. And then he was given he was given this opportunity to really step the fuck up, right? And so he, you know, is taking guys out left and right. You know, he had... Rage, almost. Rage. They're kind of you know, like... Exactly. They're trying to set up his, is he have the rage? Selena doesn't know. Yeah, and so, like, this whole chase scene of him climbing the barbed wire, you know, just looking savage and just going for it. You know, all of those kills that we got, that was, like, heavy. But specifically, though, there was one guy that was looking for him, and the camera pans over, and you just see Jim's face, and he's just, like, so angry. And it's so quick and it's just like, oh, he is in beast mode right now. And then he comes in charging over that one guy while, you know, Selena and what's name's in the corner. But get this, Selena is now tested. 
Because what did she yes. say in the beginning? I will kill you in a heartbeat. What did she exactly. do? What did she, she do? Hesitates. She pulls the machete up and looks at him. And Jim's a little bitch, though, because all he had to do was speak, and she would have been like, oh, it's you. But he decides to stand there and be like, go ahead. I dare you. You know, but he's still in beast mode. Like, he can't snap out of it. And then he approaches her, and I'm like, Selena, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, bitch? That was longer than a heartbeat. It, it was it was great to see that she was also tested you know it was just genius i just thought him just navigating and, and going through all of that and making sure that and you know taking out you know the chain on the zombies so he gets loose all yes. of that was just was just great and the soundtrack during all of this fantastic uh this track playing you know while he's navigating through the house attacking mitchell you know like oh my god when he attached mitchell what did I tell you? I, I wish this was on record because I swear in another episode I said this to you. But if I didn't, for me, if I'm fighting somebody, it's the neck, it's the balls and the eyes. I'm not doing anything else. In that else. order, neck, balls, eyes, or <laughs> I, yeah, one well, of the above. <laughs> I, that is the only spots that I'm going for if I'm in a fight with you. That's it. I mean, he literally went deep thumb with the eyes, and that was disgusting. But the I would sounds, have done the look, the exact same thing. He looked fucking mad, and I love it. I love it. But he wasn't like this before, Jim. So, no. you know, I think it made complete sense to think that he was infected while he was out there. And I totally understand that. But this is what I thought was pretty cool. He gets into this rage, not because he's angry, but because he's hopeful. Yeah, he wants to. Yeah. But he is, you know, pinned down and he sees a plane yes. fly across. And at that moment, he was like, there are other people out there that are alive that can possibly help us. And I want to live. And that's Amen. where it all clicks in. It's all hope. It's not anger, rage. It's hope. And I just think that's great. Perfectly said. The other really quickly, which was crazy that Danny Boyle and Alex Garland actually put this together for the DVD, but there is a completely different ending that they came up with. Actually, they said drawing, I believe, filming this. So yeah, storyboard. What do you think about this one? They end up at the blockade. Frank gets infected. They don't kill him to Selena's protesting and they end up in the same animal laboratory from the beginning and then the end of the movie is set here crazy when the storyboard revealed the monkey still chained and the video monitors i was like what they traveled back to the beginning the source i i was like whoa yeah i didn't believe that i thought that was a very nice twist i wonder if any of the activists was the one that was in the room that's what i was gonna ask you was one of the activists there also, because fuck these activists by the way fuck them like when you have a scientist telling you to do like whatever i'm not even gonna get into that but that whole beginning was bullshit it was such bullshit um that Just was a like crazy that. that was a crazy. so the theory was you have to do a full body transfusion and that is a very long process but basically uh it's it's sort of i don't it's not a metaphor but it's but it's basically saying a life for a life yeah a life you know for there, a life. there's a, there has to be a balance right that they're creating but then boyle as he was explaining it in the youtube video 
It only takes one drop of blood to turn you, but an entire body of blood to turn you back. And that just didn't make sense. So they scrapped this idea. But, you know, him telling his life story, trying to get him to talk, and then, you know, just sort of like hanging out in this laboratory, I thought was a nice sort of segue. It would have been a little slow to not have to deal with any more infected at this point. We're just like, tell us the truth. Tell us the cure. What is what, what do we need to do? But the soldier people have already died or whatever. So, I mean, it would have been kind of entertaining in a way, but I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like the ending that we got. I would say a mix of this. I think I just want to lim- eliminate the military. But yeah, I think uh, a mix of this. Plus, like you said, I think Jim trying to talk to this gentleman who doesn't want to talk to them in a room. It kind of makes more sense. It fits more with the tone of the original movie, I think, the isolation. But, yeah, Webby wouldn't be as exciting. I think they showed that there was one infection attack basically happening and Selena was, like, shooting them on the roof or something. So, So. Jim decides to do a full-body transfusion because the guy opens the door long enough to give them the tools to do it while the infected were attacking them at that point. And he decides to give up his life and they save Frank and Frank, Hannah and Selena leave. Do you think Selena would have actually gone along with that? I I don't don't think think so, but I mean, Hannah, you know, needed her father. I I don't know. Maybe Jim just decided he didn't want to live anymore or felt that it was deserving or that somebody like Frank needed to live more than him. I I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, but downer Downer ending, downer ending. So, We find out that these characters are alive and it is more beautiful, including on the DVD, because this is when they got that extra money. They went back and filmed on 35 millimeter. So the ending is actually a little clearer, crisper. But Danny Boyle says that is also to show that the world has hope now. Our characters survive, Rob. And then in 2007, they made a sequel. Our characters didn't come back. But Alex Garland and Danny Boyle have a wonderful idea for a third part. The filmmaker told the independent uh, paper, it's probably good, they say, the original film led a bit to the resurgence of the zombie drama, and it doesn't reference any of that. It doesn't feel stale at all. So I don't know what this idea is, but Killian Murphy said he would come back. I would love to see Selena jim and hannah back because i mean not to really i don't want to really get too much into 28 weeks later but i feel like past and i've only seen it twice past the opener which i think i remember being really heart riveting i hated that movie it was not what i wanted it was like a more of a budgety higher budget probably the fox probably got more into the making of it than the prior one i felt it was more hollywood that one Yeah, 28 Weeks Later definitely set a different tone. It wasn't as independent or intimate as I would say from the first one. There was tons of people involved, a lot of storyline going on. Uh, The infected were elevated. It was more personal. Yeah, it did feel... Wasn't Idris Elba in that one, though? That was, I think, one of his first... I completely forgot that was him. His first things, yeah. Yeah. Well, first things for, I think, an American audience probably would have recognized him in. And our um, our Rumpelstiltskin yeah, slash yeah. crocodile Robert <laughs> Carlisle was in this. That's oh, the so only cool. part I like. That intro with him, I believe, running from where he's hiding in an attic or something. Yeah. And I think he runs to a boat. That's oh, the Jeremy, only moment. Jeremy Renner was also in it. I think he was our lead, what? right? An yeah, American Mr. Soldier or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
maybe I have to watch it again. But <laughs> you know, it's funny. I own the first one, but I never bought the second one. The second one did not captivate me as as much as the first one did. I do like its darker tone in the first one. This one just had a lot of color and light, and I just like this isn't my twenty eight weeks. But it's it's okay. You know, you like you cater to a different audience. You change it up a little bit. Like it makes sense to go in this direction. I just preferred the other way of doing things. I want to erase it and go right to 28 months later, if that's possible. <laughs> I do actually own that DVD, and it just shows you I've yet to watch it again since I bought it in 2007. All in all, so this was a great rewatch then. I, I did enjoy the rewatch. I think the biggest pull for me was the music. I just was reminded of how brilliant the music is in this movie. It's very It Follows. I don't think I've really enjoyed a score soundtrack that much since 28 days later was it follows but it's just a reminder that it was so good but well acted again like i said and it, it's a solid movie that i think you can revisit because you don't see a lot of sort of like these first trials of infected versus zombie sort of theories and i think this is a great movie to kind of just see the evolution of zombie horror with this one it, to me it hasn't been dated I agree. Besides maybe the look of it on a modern technology, and if you can get past that, or maybe it's me, maybe it's my setup. I think it holds up amazingly well, and Rob, is it's so true, the soundtrack is a character in itself. That was another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. Now, Rob, the people can find you here on Radical Retro Rewind, but you do have an extensive catalog as well. I do. I am on Radical Retro Re Rewind full time now. So this is where you can find me. Uh, <laughs> I'm oh, sure that uh -oh. I will think of different <laughs> projects going forward. But for now, you can find me here on this wonderful show. You, you know, this man ain't done yet with, with podcasts or something. He's got something up his sleeve. I know in the future. So you could reach us here on Anchor FM where you could leave a voicemail. We are also on Instagram, Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, one word, as well as YouTube. Thank you again for joining us this summer. And the dead are not gone because Rob is back this month for more dead movies. We actually have another British foray coming up with Shaun of the Dead. Now, is that a movie that you enjoy? I don't remember the movie. I'm not as, as obsessed, but I okay. have watched some of those films from, from Simon Pegg. So this will be a really interesting watch for me because I don't know if I even watched it fully through before. Ooh. So this should be a lot of fun. I'm even more excited now for that. And then a Another, eh, is it dead, is it not, with I Am Legend, which I think is very similar to 28 Days Later in, in parallel. So I definitely would love to touch on that. Thank you again for joining us. New next week, Rob. Yes, yes, we will be back with another episode. Enjoy the summer. Take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
trading, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.